This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. What, what is wrong with you? I don't know. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. With our corrupt judge, Jonathan Harrison, who comes up with three questions, awards points to the winners arbitrarily with really no logic or reason whatsoever. He just licks his finger, sticks it in the wind. Sucking up to him helps. Yep. Talking about soccer helps. Definitely helps. Yeah. So let's get started here. Little cram session action. Jonathan, uh, lead the way. All right, boys. This weekend was the U.S. Open and Fox is broadcasting it. And we got a little bit of a crossover event, as sometimes happens in movies and in comic book universe. It happened with when Jim Nance popped in on the Fox broadcast. So I want to know, what is your ultimate sports broadcast crossover you want to see? It can be just a play-by-play guy doing a different sport, guys from one network popping over onto another network, bringing someone back from the dead to do a sport they never did. What's your all-time broadcast crossover? Hmm. Okay. I would put Charles Barkley on anything. I would put Charles That's Barkley good. like can That's I, really good. Can I say like Charles Barkley on the spelling bee? <laughs> yes. Can he be the sideline kind of analyst word, trying to what, spell what, it? That's terrible. What kind of what kind of word is that? I would put Charles Barkley on obscure Olympic sports, like the those weird uh, like multi where you're you're cross country skiing and you're shooting and stuff. Like just Charles Barkley speed trying walking. to explain what's happening. Yeah, speed walking. <laughs> What are they doing? I would, I would, I would put Charles Barkley on pretty much anything. Look at, the, look at these fools! Yeah. Does he come with the rest of the crew, or is it just Charles Barkley? I think, I think it's just Charles Barkley. Okay. And whoever the play by, just random play by play guys. I like pair it. him up with anything. John. Yeah. I came up with this one after seeing this question in two seconds. And it's not funny, but I would love to see them work a, a baseball game or e- even a hockey game, but just to pair them up. Doc Emmerich, Vin Scully. Just two masters of the craft. In, in my mind, two of the best of, of all time. And to me, Doc is sort of the Vin Scully of hockey. And Scully is just, I miss him so much. I miss the call so much. He's just so great that those two on anything 
anything. They could they could describe paint drying to me, and I wouldn't care. They're that fantastic. I'd love to see those two paired together for just one time. I like hearing Jim Ross do anything. The former WWE announcer. <laughs> now he's the AEW announcer, isn't he? He is. Yeah. I, I could listen to him do anything. But imagine this booth. Monday Night Football. And you said it can be people who are dead, right? Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football. I got Jim Ross on play-by-play, flanked by Howard Cosell and Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Imagine that booth. Wow. Forget the game. You won't even be thinking about no. the game like 10 minutes in. <laughs> that would be the greatest booth in the history of play-by-play booths ever. There would be a lot of by-gods. <laughs> <laughs> Who couldn't talk? Like who? Who would be silenced the most oh, in that booth goodness. with those three guys? It would. Well, it, would it be Jim? Jim, Jim? Jim Ross would probably yield to the other two, and yeah. then he'd pop in for the big moments because he's a professional. Again, I was flipping through this morning, and <laughs> and I think it was uh, it was right before first take came on. They did a crossover with Stephen A. on the split screen on Get Up. Yeah, and the best Stephen A. ism. I don't know how long he's been doing this, but I just noticed it a couple weeks ago, and now again this morning. As soon as they pop him up. On the screen, and it's like here's Stephen A. for the first time, and he's in his suit and his tie, he's shaking his head. He's right? staring at the camera, and he does the head, like the neck crank thing on both sides, <laughs> like the neck thing, and then, the, and then the half neck roll, like you're like you're entering, you're entering uh, like a sporting like event a for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's crank, preparing. Crank the neck, half neck roll. Straight face looking at the camera. Did you guys see the clip of Stephen A. Smith from his radio show that was making the rounds over the weekend? I saw this happen live during my lunch on Friday and literally almost choked on my sandwich. I was laughing so hard. So a dude called in and was like slurring his speech. And Stephen A. goes, I know it's uh, early in the day. I don't mean to call you out, but... uh, (laughs) Have you been drinking already? And the dude, the dude goes, "No, I haven't been drinking, but uh, weed is legal in D.C." Stephen A. <laughs> Stephen A. just lost his mind on him. He's like, "So you're telling me you're high? You're high? Well, goodbye." <laughs> and, Uh, (laughs) it was so good it was so funny (laughs) oh my god i love that judd you went serious with this because that would be a great booth unfortunately you finished third here rami i love your booth of monday night football but i'm unlike you guys i'm not the biggest fan of Stephen a i could do without him so phil you win this one because i just want to see charles barkley on Legitimately oh. anything. It would be great. Him on the spelling bee would be fantastic. Corrupt judge strikes again. Yes. Rami. Very much so. <laughs> you got robbed. I obviously you guys had really the best close. answer there. Mine I tried. I obviously had the but best answer. I love Jim was, Ross. Right. Yeah. I love Jim Ross, I mean, and you, I would want to hear him do football. You brought but, Cosell back. I know. Brought a man back from Stephen the dead. A. Sorry. Stephen A is not for me. All right. All right. Question number two. <laughs> <laughs> Father's Day was yesterday, so in honor of that, I want your favorite sports father-son combo. They don't have to have played at the same time. They can just be... Professional sports dad, professional sports son. Oh, I'm gonna go first because I'm. It's the only one I really got, and I'm sure somebody's gonna steal it if I don't go first. Is Ken Griffey Jr. and Senior? I thought that was Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite player for a good seven, eight year stretch growing up, and I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world that this dude not only got drafted number one pick in the draft and was like a phenom, like a worldwide phenom, then got to play in the same outfield and hit in the same lineup as his dad. I thought that was. Amazing. That was one of the coolest storylines of my childhood growing up watching sports. That's very nice, but mine starts with this guy. 
Let's go blues all you want, but you know what? We win! <laughs> we win! Blues! We don't have to go anymore, because we already did it! So, instead of saying, let's go blues, we're gonna say, we went blues! <laughs> Alright, that's gonna catch on. I'm pretty sure that's gonna catch on. So, the Golden Jet, Bobby Hole, and the guy that you just heard there, the Golden Bread, Brett Hole. Oh my God. Two of the great hockey players of all time who clearly both of them never passed up a cocktail, never passed by the uh, the keg of beer or the cooler of beer. We went. Well, the best part is he can't remember at first the blues. So he's just like, we went. What team am I rooting for? Blues. Two of the greatest hockey players of all time, oh. the only father-son duo to have both record 1,000 career points apiece, apiece, and both are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. But, my God, when you can drink that much, you've earned my respect. It's the holes, Bobby and Brad. Amazing. That's a really good answer. Uh, I went with a little bit of a different approach here. I went with father, who is a known power hitter in uh, the last 15 years of Major League Baseball, and uh, and son combination. A 255 home run career and a son who's one of the great clubhouse leaders in the history of baseball, Adam and Drake LaRoche, is my favorite father son combination. That's right. That poor kid. Adam and Drake LaRoche. That poor kid. The leader of the White Sox clubhouse. (laughs) Such a great leader. Such a great leader. <laughs> he made other players inside that oh, clubhouse no. jealous. <laughs> and they kicked him out. Somebody actually said that. I think it was Chris Sale who said, We lost a leader in this clubhouse. No, that's yeah, what yeah, a 14 year old was oh, sent home. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. We went White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did he make other players jealous in that locker room, he's going to make. Judd and Rami jealous because he wins the point again. Oh, no, he deserves that. Yeah. This time I'll agree. That's, great. Yeah, I like that That's fantastic. I do like that one. Wow. All right. So Phil's already won today, but we still have a third question. With all the Twins positivity going around right now, <laughs> I want you to channel your inner pessimist. Judd, this should be easy for you, boys. Oh, yeah. Just it, learn from the it, master himself. This was simple. Which twin is going to regress by the end of this season? <clears throat> so Martin Perez has already started down that course, and and I could say him, but that's super boring. So, Derek Wetmore, turn down your radio or your computer or your your phone, pot it down somehow, because I'm going to go with your guy, Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver, right now, hitting 310, 11 home runs. He's been absolutely fantastic. But the more I think about this, with La Tortuga gone, Garver and Castro are the only catchers left. Garver's going to have to catch more and more. I'm not saying he's going to bottom out, but I believe that offensively, as the summer continues into the heat of things, there is going to be a regression there. I'm going to go Mitch Garver. So, I, Derek and I, Derek, if you turned it back up, turn it back down again, because we fought about this player on the Scorner <laughs> Twin Show today. And it's not that I don't think this guy has turned a corner. I just don't think he's turned the corner as aggressively as some other people do. Jake Odorizzi leads the major leagues in wins. He's right up there in ERA, 2.24. It's above two for the first time uh, in several weeks. And his strikeout rate is a career high right now. 
I just don't think a guy who's been in the major leagues since 2012, this is what, his eighth season in the major leagues? I just don't think you just turn into a Cy Young guy overnight at 29. I don't think you go from being like a number four starter to a Cy Young guy. So I think he settles in as a nice little number three starter. Twins got to find someone via trade to fit between him and Jose Barrios. Like Mad Bum, you're saying? Mad Bum might be uh, no guard. Might be perfect. Since I have no chance of winning today, and uh, I've cut the brakes and am everly optimistic about the Minnesota Twins, I'm just going to say nobody. Hit the music, Phil. Nobody will regress for the Minnesota Twins. This thing is full speed ahead. They will continue to mash like they've mashed. 350 home runs, 110 wins, World Series championship, unless they play my Cubs. Here we go, Minnesota Twins. That'd be so great if they played your Cubs. To watch you squirm in that chair for two weeks, <laughs> writhing. Yeah, I'm going to have to jump off the bus at that point. I'm just going to tuck and roll. <laughs> yep. Just jump off You're going to go out the back the door, the emergency door. Rami opens up. <laughs> well, since Rami obviously didn't answer my question, I did not, which I'm I not a fan of, That's you're fine. not getting a point there. And if I could, I would take a point away from you from your all-time total. You can, actually. Which I think I will. Thank you, Judd. So whoever That's not, whoever the loyal listeners that keeps track of all our points, Marcus, you if you're listening, take no. one away from Rami. No. You can just take a point away. Not not a game win, but a point. I'm going to agree with Phil here. I don't think you just turn into that Cy Young candidate overnight. It you have an eight year track record. It just you don't turn into this guy all of a sudden. I think Jake Odorizzi turns into. <laughs> you're on camera, Judd. Turns into. Uh, I like it's on right now. The Cy Young. It's not on right now. Okay. <laughs> and I wish it was. So people so could Phil, have seen you me. win the point. You clean sweep today for Phil Mackey. Sweep the leg. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Congratulations. Your second answer was great. Where are you, are you guys like right now before we uh, dive into some blockbuster NBA trade stuff in this next segment? On Jake Odorizzi right now, are you. Do you think that he is the. 10-2, 224 ERA, 10 strikeouts per nine monster that we've seen going forward? Or does he settle back in? Did you agree with me, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, where do you have him coming back to, I guess, I mean, is, my, is like, my question. He's a number three starter. He's pitching like an ace. Yep. He's a number three he's starter. He's a three. That's fine. Yeah. Maybe a two. Okay. But you need the... There's no way that I am comfortable going into the playoffs with the current rotation without one more piece to it. So this is not criticizing him, and Barrios I think is is very good. And the thing that impressed me about Barrios so much is he's had some really sort of questionable starts, but he still wins because he's smart enough to adjust and get one pitch to work. So I would say I would go down the same path as you because I don't think that you can go into the playoffs comfortable with the current rotation and one piece being put in. And if that's Mad Bomb at two and Odo at three, that's fine. I think they could use another arm in the rotation. I don't think it's absolutely necessary. I wouldn't count. There isn't a team in the American League right now who they'd run into in a seven-game series, and I'd say Twins can't win this series because they just don't have enough starting pitching. If they added more, you can never have enough pitching. But if they don't, I still feel pretty good about this team, as long as they add to the bullpen. Our question to the show, which we posed about an hour and 15 minutes ago, is would you trade one of the Twins' top three prospects, so Alex Kirilov, Royce Lewis, or Bruce Dahlgratterall, <laughs> Would you trade one of the Twins' top three prospects for Madison Bumgarner and, and, and also Nick Gordon you'd be trading to in this uh, athletic.com hypothetical for Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith? 651-646-8255. Tweet at us 
at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zilgad, at Rami is tweeting. It's Mackey and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackey and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app, which is free to download. In fact, if you have the Score North mobile app, you'd be getting alerts pushed right to your phone when it comes to Minnesota sports news and uh, interesting tidbits, twins tidbits from Judd Zilgad. You can read about Miguel Sano having an ump apologize to him over the weekend. That got pushed to your mobile device, but you got to have the Score North mobile app. Apple and Android, it's free for both of those device bins categories. Um, my first reaction when I said, I, I feel like this is going to be an unpopular opinion in Minnesota because it's big market team and it's you know potential super team. When I saw the news of Anthony Davis to the Lakers, I was ecstatic because I love when fun new things happen in the NBA. The NBA has just become this bombshell offseason sport the last 10 years. And this is just the first of what's probably going to be four to five, maybe six bombshells in the next two or three weeks. Durant, all these, like, there's all these moves to be made. Yep. But I thought, all right, that makes the Lakers villainous again because now they're kind of a super team again with LeBron and with and Anthony Davis. And the way Davis. that they went about it with the whole Rich Paul angle yes. being LeBron's agent and allegedly pulling the strings on these moves. So that, I think, rubs a lot of a lot of people the wrong way. Yes. And I think it's it's the sign too that the Lake the Lakers see what's happening in Golden State, that the Warriors aren't going to be the same team and they're trying to pounce when LeBron is still able to in the next couple of years. But the other thing that happened today is uh, the Brooklyn Nets cleared out more money. The Brooklyn Nets, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, I can't remember who it was. I don't have it in front of me, but they they uh they declined a contract option and freed up Total now forty six million dollars in free agency, and I think they're either they're either looking at Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant or some other max uh, contract to go along with Kyrie Irving. I think it's more likely now that D'Angelo Russell will wind up either signing somewhere else in restricted free agency or be available in a sign and trade, which means Timberwolves make that happen. So get that Robin to Cats Batman. So what are, are the odds, and where could they send Jeff Teague? Because that has to be the contract that they realistically think they can move. Well, I think there's only one year left on the deal. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a valuable contract because it's an expiring one. If there's a team that just wants an expiring contract to free up cap space for next year, if it's a bad contract, but there's one year left on it, those are actually valuable contracts in the NBA because you have to match salaries in order to to trade with teams unless the team has a bunch of cap room. And if you're going to match salaries and get out from underneath it, one year later and free yourself up to sign a free agent, teams actually look for contracts like the Jeff Teague one. I don't think it's that hard to move, actually. Yeah. I think they should they should be able to move it. I don't know if it would be enough or if it would be in a D'Angelo Russell deal, but that like you just said, Phil, that's that's a movable deal. That's a movable guy. And there should be somebody out there who's willing to take him. It's just a matter of what are you going to get in return? Can you get in on the D'Angelo Russell talk if it's a two way deal or a three way deal? Teague's got one year left at the age of 31 for this coming season at $19 million. Yeah. Do you think the NBA is more fun when you just have a bunch of really good duos across the league rather than... Because the NBA, to me, another unpopular opinion, I thought the NBA was really fun when it was Warriors versus LeBron for four years, and I get that most people got sick of that. But now it's looking like we're just going to have a bunch of teams with one or two superstars, and so there's going to be eight or nine teams that conceivably have a chance to win the championship. Do you like that better, or do you like 
heavyweight fights at the end of the season. I don't mind a heavyweight fight. I didn't mind LeBron versus the Warriors, but three times is as much as I need to see something. Like, whether it's a fight or a series between two teams, three times is enough. Like, especially if it's tied 1-1 after the first two, let's have a rubber match and then let's move on to something new. I don't... It got the story got old. I knew it was going to be those two teams at the end, and it was even older because I was about ninety percent sure it would be the Warriors when all was said and done when they were done dealing with LeBron and the Cavs. That didn't happen once, but I again it didn't ruin it for me. I watch movies over and over again, knowing the ending, but it's a little bit better when you don't know how the movie ends. You know what I mean? You don't know what the final battle scene is, and you don't know who ends up winning it. When you know, it kind of it just takes a little bit away from it. I don't care because what to me is so much fun or has become fun about this league is the summertime pretty much controlled chaos. So I don't care. I, I don't care what the end result is because once uh, July 1st hits, or, or in this case, I believe it's actually going to hit on June 30th, it is such chaos. It's just great. So, like, if teams end up being good or if there is a swing, the pendulum swings, okay, that's fine. But the soap opera that surrounds where's this guy going and who's going to demand a trade here, that to me, yeah. this league this league next to football has just completely capitalized on making its non-playing months more intriguing in some cases than the actual playing months. Yeah. No, it's the NBA. I, I love it. They roll... They roll from the NBA Finals, within one week they're into the draft, and then one week after that, it's the most fun, frenzied free agency period of any sport right now. Right. And then they start the Summer League, like a couple weeks after that. And so the the Zion Williamsons of the world are going to be playing in the Summer League. Oh, yeah, have to watch that dude it draws play. huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I want, I'm just kind of to the point mentally where I've been thinking about this D'Angelo Russell thing. Like I'm there mentally now to the point where if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> You're doing this to yourself. Yeah, I know. Why? I know. Why are what? you doing this to yourself? Yeah. It makes so Sounds much right. sense. It's a smart enough front office. The wolves hired the trade machine guy for God's sakes. If anyone can pull this off and make the contracts work, it's the guy who invented the ESPN.com trade I'm, machine. I'm giving this new regime the benefit of the doubt to the extent where I will, I will say they can. They can do things that the Wolves haven't done in the past. Yeah, I don't think Tom Thibodeau is running trade machine scenarios in his office, okay? Just going to speculate. I won't give him the benefit of the doubt to the point where I say they will, and if they don't, I'm going to be disappointed. Think about how much sense it makes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Towns is 23. D'Angelo Russell is, 20, is 22. They can, they're both going to be on five-year contracts. It does make sense, but these guys are going to slow play stuff, too. What do you mean? The... These guys, I think, They're gonna are going for to D'Angelo come in Russell. and take a really long view. And so if they can make this work, they, they will. But this is going to be it's going to be a complete culture shock for, for Wolves fans and for Glenn as far as how different these guys are going to think and do things. So if they can do something, they will. But I also think that they're going to be very, very patient with how things are going to play out initially. I think it's a mistake to be patient because you have a three-year window to show Carl Anthony Towns we're serious about this and we've got a roadmap well, to winning big in the Western Conference. I'm just Conference. saying an immediate move. Well, but They th- might make moves in the coming months. I don't know. I'm just saying I would invest myself to the point of anger if D'Angelo Russell doesn't come here. But think about this. This team I'm trying to help him, Rami. In a, well, let me go down this Talk path. Talk some sense into him. He's on the ledge. He's like, I didn't listen to I him want to jump. leading into the draft. I want to jump. I didn't listen to the man leading into the draft lottery, and I learned my lesson. It makes too much sense to for this to happen. Chairman? 
Thank Timberwolves you. were 36 and 46. So they were like only slightly below 500. They were, they wound up being five wins below 500 in a disaster season in which the Jimmy Butler thing exploded in your face. You had to fire your coach and president of basketball operations. If, if it was any other front office, they would have made meaningful trades at the deadline to get younger and to get out from underneath some contracts. So they, like all these things that should have happened didn't. It was chaos. Your best player was frustrated by the infrastructure, and you still almost finished 500. And so being patient to me is a mistake because the Western Conference floodgates have opened wide for the next two or three years here, unless you think Golden State's going to put it back together again with duct tape and Kevin Durant's going to magically be fine in 2020-21. I think you have a chance if you put together a D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns nucleus, and let those guys from ages 23 to 27 grow into their own, yeah. the Western Conference could very much be yours in the next five years. I'm just saying, like it with a smart front office, a superstar Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell, it's on. Who's Let's gone? go LFG. Phil, Phil's Bring gone. It. Phil's gone. Who are you? Come yeah. on. Who are you? And what why have you, are you done guys, with Phil Mackey? Why are you guys on the Bomba bus? Again. But you're well, not I mean, on lost, the Wolves wagon. We've lost the patient. Because the Bomba bus, I see results. I didn't just jump on that. Get on the Russell so, rocket. The, I mean, I did. I did the pick, Russell, the Russell rocket the has left the station. Had three wheels and a flat tire until recently. The Russell rocket. The Russell rocket. Wow. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to let you come on. At least you didn't call it this. At least he didn't call it the D train. That would have been completely different. <laughs> wow. Right. I mean, both work the same way, but no, man, I'm not. I, I again, I, I picked the Twins to win the division, but I wasn't. I didn't think they were world beaters until I started to see them beat the world. And then I was like, okay, we got something here. Again, I'll give the Wolves enough benefit of the doubt to say that Rosas and company can do things differently and can succeed. I'm not going to get my hopes up to the point where I say they will and, 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 and actually get disappointed when they don't. I, think that's I learned fair. my lesson quickly. I enough. think he's being fair. I learned my lesson quickly. Now, enough. now, Phil, where I do agree with you in this conversation is the Western Conference is definitely morphing and changing. It's still very good. It is. But it's not like guaranteed Warriors. Houston appears to be imploding completely. Yeah, there's a big story today that they've got internal strife between Paul Paul and James Harden. Yeah. So so if Golden State, let's say, uh, takes a step back, Houston implodes, uh, D'Antoni gets fired or quits, I think... Where your point is a good point is, okay, now you've got the Lakers, right? Golden State's still good, but they're certainly not great. Denver's very good. Denver, yes. Portland's very good. But those aren't teams that you look at and say they're uncatchable. No. The the conversation a year ago regarding Golden State was this has to end to actually be successful. I think the Lakers... And I think it's now, it's now ending. Especially if they add one more piece, which... People are speculating they will. I don't know how. They'll add some shooters, wise, but but you can add like you can add veteran minimum guys, which is what they did in Cleveland. The Lakers look like the team to beat. I think we, we LeBron went to the West Coast, missed a lot of games this year, was injured. We see guys like Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis light the world on fire, and we forget just how great Giannis is. And now you pair him up with Anthony Giannis. How great LeBron is. Now you pair him up with Anthony Davis. Look at you. That's that's the team to beat, as far as I'm concerned, right now for the next two or three years. I heard Mike Greenberg this morning saying that by by making this deal, the the Lakers have put themselves in in a bad spot because two or three years from now, 
It's going to be desolate. It's going to be, you know, LeBron's contract is up. Anthony Davis is going to be standing yeah, who there. Who cares? Exactly. This is what I'm saying about the <laughs> Twins right now. You have a chance to strike and win a championship now. You do it and worry about the future when the future comes. Yeah. Not to mention, LeBron's contract will come off the books. I'm assuming they'll extend Anthony Davis's contract. And now you just hit reset on the on the organization with the centerpiece being Anthony Davis. Yeah, the, it the, could be a lot worse. These like, I've I've heard a few different people. I was uh, I was actually listening to the Russillo and Bill Simmons reaction to the to the big trade over the weekend, and like even those guys were like, "Man, this is kind of a fleecing for the Pelicans." Really? Wait a second. The greatest player of our generation, who still has probably two years of prime left, LeBron James, just partnered with. One of the great big men in the history of the NBA in his prime. They win the trade. Like their goal is to win a championship in the next two years. And they just put themselves Both in position. Both teams did to really do that. well. And the Pelicans did well on paper. They That's got a right, bunch of draft safe. picks. Both teams did great. And Brandon Ingram is fine. He's not a franchise player. Yeah. And Lonzo Ball is Ricky Rubio. So well, they got yeah, Ricky not, Rubio, some draft picks, good. and they got Brandon Ingram. Yeah. The the Pelicans aren't going to do but anything for three years. Yeah, but like to say that the Pelicans made out like bandits, okay, well, they got some draft picks and Ricky Rubio and whatever Brandon Ingram is. The Lakers just became a championship contender. Which will be great fun to watch, and people will absolutely hate. Let's take a, let's take one more call here on... Reckless Speculation. Dan in Brooklyn Park, you've got some twins reckless speculation. Yeah, well, hi, guys. Uh, you moved off the baseball, but I'll give you a quick one on baseball and one on basketball. For baseball, if the Twins are trading prospects, they should trade one of the two of the outfield prospects, Kirilov or Rooker. They're both blocked by the present outfielders and first base with Crone and later Sano. On basketball and Andrew Wiggins' untradeable contract or Jeff Teague's difficult-to-trade contract, any contract in the NBA can be traded. The classic example of Gilbert Arenas who had the most untradeable contract in the world and got traded. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Dan. I mean, if I could trade Brent Rooker for Madison Bumgarner, sign me up. I would do that Kirloff, yesterday. Kirloff, long-term, I think, is going to be your first baseman. I think Sano gets traded. And so I think the plan is Kepler stays in right, Kirloff plays first. Rooker? Absolutely. Totally with you on that. Yeah, you'd trade five Brent Rookers for yeah. anything that can help you this year. I would not blink before I made that trade. Kirloff, though, I don't think is blocked. Crone and Scope are going to be gone here at some point. By the way, if you're good enough, you're not blocked. Yeah, it's, yeah. But I just, it's not like there's a log jam where you're like, where are we going to play Alex Kirloff? He's going to play first base. Worst case. So. Or DH, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. And I, I think Sano will be gone within the next couple of years, so this whole thing will will. Wow, you're dismantling the whole championship 2019 team. Scope's going to leave. Scope's going to get paid. They're not going to pay Scope. He gets paid. Crone, two more years? That's a good contract. But I just think long-term, when Kirloff is set to pop, this is all going to play out pretty easily for them. And they're not going to pay a guy if Kirloff can come up and play for his base. You see what I'm doing here? You're dismantling a no, championship yeah, no, team. No, 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 no. I am. I as I told Wetmore today, I look at Falvey and Levine and think to myself, I don't think like you, but I'm going to try. How do you think? I put myself in their shoes, become much smarter, and then tell you what they're going to do. <laughs> what? I don't even know, man. I just explained to you how you dismantle. <laughs> you you win a World Series. 
and then you move on. You see, that's the thing is. Oh, you're the, they're winning the World Series and then and then dismantling the 2000 it. and well, they're going to be they're going to be very successful. The 2010 Vikings taught us a very valuable lesson that I learned, and that was this: never get excited about we got the whole team back. It, it's great if you have success. Tweaks or changes have to be made. That's what they're going to do. I'm going to let them have their success first in 2019. Then we'll figure it and out. Then we'll yeah. I got it all planned out. Like the Raptors are are probably going to have to go down this path of rebuilding if they lose Kawhi, and they're going to be fine with that, just based on the celebration that went today. You got your banner, and if that happens with the Twins, they can do whatever they want in 2020. I'll be under the Wolves and D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. You're all upset because the Wolves aren't going to make a move for D'Angelo Russell. No, they are. I know, but the fact that you said I've now gotten myself to a place where I'll be mad if it doesn't happen is absolutely yeah. Why do that to yourself? Why are you doing that to yourself? Live a little bit, guys. Okay. I'd, I'd <laughs> rather. I'd rather have. I'd rather what does your girlfriend say when you say, "Honey, I've been thinking about this a lot." What, D'Angelo Russell? I'm to a point now. I'm going to be mad if they don't get him. I don't bring that. See, I. I don't. There's st- strategy involved in who you bring this stuff up to. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Touche. So you know. <laughs> We're going to wrap with Roycey here in just a little bit. Maybe we'll bring this up with Pat. He can call me an idiot when we come back here. <laughs> oh, he will. Did you guys hear that Star Tribune named Federated Mutual Insurance Company a 2019 top workplace for the second consecutive year? That's right. There's 150 top workplaces in Minnesota named by the Star Tribune. And uh, Federated Insurance is one of them. In fact, they were named uh, the seventh on the large company list. And there's so many great reasons for it. Uh, Leadership, benefits, satisfaction, connection. Those are all the different categories in which Federated Insurance checked boxes in on this ranking list. So, I, I mean, whether it's business owners looking for a great insurance policy and a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be, which is what Federated brings to you, it's also just a great place to work. Go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more or to find your local marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Thank you, Jonathan, Mackie, and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Time to wrap with Roycey. Patrick Roycey joins us now. How are you this afternoon, Pat? I am just fine. I saw uh, on the video that you did, it was uh, Roycey Unchained via Twitter at Score North. You've had enough of the home run. I'm getting a little sick of the home run. Not as sick as I am as a three-pointer, but I'm getting sick of the home run. Yes, 13 and... uh, thirteen in one game. That's enough. Come on, let's let's uh, let's. As I said, let's get the little old ladies from Haiti back to sewing the ball instead of having these uh, these titleists that we're making and and uh, having. You know. hey, hey, if you're not offended by Tommy Lastella on his way to thirty home runs, you're not offended by anything. Okay, <laughs> I, I'd feel I'd feel a lot better if he was on steroids, right? At least there's some talent involved. Now you're just touching the ball. It's going zoom. There it goes. Unbelievable. Isn't it the most exciting thing in baseball, though? I mean, if it wasn't home runs, we'd be watching ground outs and fly outs. Used used to be the most exciting thing in baseball. Now it's, oh, oh, yeah, it was only a two-run homer. Who cares? You know, we had six of those tonight. Used to be. Now it's not. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it is when it's a zero-zero game in the eighth that Mitch Garber hits one to straightaway center. That is mm-hmm. exciting. But uh, there's, uh, you know, when you're having 
Yeah, all you got to know about what's happening with the baseball, and Judd and I talked about this for a minute today, is uh, they're hitting twice as many in AAA since they started using the Major League Baseball. It's the baseball. That's what it is. It's the baseball. Pat, I can't remember if I asked you this last week, so if I'm, if I'm repeating this, just slap me upside the head. But if, if Joe Maurer had come into the Major League Baseball pipeline and the Twins pipeline in the last five years, or if, if he was just getting to the big leagues now, do you think he'd have the same sweet lefty swing that was grooved for line drives and opposite field? Or do you we think do you think he'd be a launch angle guy? We actually carried that over, and I, I think you you will hear that at the start of uh, the uh, podcast right. tonight. But I, we're talking about that, and I've been thinking about it since you mentioned it. I it would depend upon when they got to him. You know, it it it, it would have had to been. You know, before he made it to the big leagues and won a batting title, right? I mean, you're not going to say to, we know you, uh, we know you hit 335 last year and won the batting title, but we want you to start doing this now. Uh, I don't think that would have worked. If you, if you, if they might have got, the trouble with him is when he came to the minor leagues, he ripped it up so fast that uh, what the, you know, he, he came in in July of, uh, you know, end of July of uh, 2011, he was in the big leagues in 2014 as a catcher right out of high school. So he had so much success. I don't know, because like, he he was he, you know he was hitting a lot of hard doubles to the gap back you know back at, when he first came up. Uh, the, the, I, I think he hit the ball harder than he did later on when he got hurt some and got banged up some. And uh, you know, I I don't think. I don't think our impression of him when we first saw him was, boy, he doesn't hit the ball hard enough. But, uh, you know, later on, it, it, that became the perception. So I don't know if they would have been able to change him or not. But did you see the If you guys saw the videos, he had this swing when he was eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what he, he had. That, you know, that's the way he swung the bat from the birth, basically, so uh, I don't know if they would have been able to change him or not. I, yeah. I don't know. And I do think that, uh, you know, you guys, you were in the crowd and uh, a lot of guys, modern thinkers, were saying, bat him leadoff, bat him leadoff, and I said, ah, you're crazy. But when they batted him leadoff last year, full-time, and what started maybe halfway through the previous season, we got less paranoid about his uh, lack of power and, and things like that, lack of RBIs, because he was getting on base and scoring runs. So, uh, you know, maybe if maybe if they'd moved him up there to hit first in about 2012, we'd have a different perception of him, too. Yeah. So, Where do you think anyway. he, in, in the Twins pantheon of, the Twins pecking order of great players in franchise history, where does he rank for you? Well, I had the ones that were, uh, you know, the, you know, I mean, Tony and Harmon and Rodney or one, two, three, and Kirby or one, two, three, four. And then I'd put him on the same level as Herbie. I'd put him at uh, the same level as Herbie, but there's probably a couple other guys. I'd, I'd put Gaetti close to those guys. Uh, you know, let me. I'd have to think a little more about it, but uh, let me say tied for fifth with Herbeck, maybe. Phil I, was. Do you think you'll get? It? Oh, you sorry. Do you think you'll get a statue? You think you'll get a statue? Mm. Yes, he will. He'll get a statue. He'll get a statue. Yeah. If Bert gets one, he should get one. You know, he needed. He was. Water. He needed one great postseason run. He needed. 
You know, Kirby Puckett is not a Hall of Famer if he doesn't have two rings in Game Six, right? And Jack Morris with and, his and 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 have his career ended uh, prematurely and yeah. tragically, and uh, and you know that's that, you know there's no doubt that the just the raw numbers with Puck were they were going to be good enough, and then he you know he. He went blind, but uh, that's the reason he made it so easily is the tragic end to his career. If, if uh, let's say, he ended up with twenty seven hundred and fifty hits, and uh, you know, with however and many home runs he was going to hit, three hundred or something, two eighty, it would have taken him a while to get in. But the fact his career ended that tragically, he got in right away. Phil said at least 40% of the those in attendance at Target Field on Saturday night were frauds because they were people who were upset that Joe Maurer got paid what he got paid and didn't hit home mm-hmm. runs on the level that guys who get paid that way. Do you feel like a, a large a large portion of the Twins fan base right now is hypocritical and fraudulent? No, I wouldn't say it was that high because I don't think those people would go to games. The uh, the bashers of uh, on the you know the social media bashers and the you know the newspaper commenters. There isn't one jackass who's ever commented on a newspaper story who ever bought a ticket to anything. Let me tell you that these are the these are the lowest rent human beings in the world right here that are answering <laughs> and you know taking shots at him. And they don't go to any games. They'd complain if you gave them free beer when you got to the game for they'd let them in for five bucks and gave them free beer. So I, I wouldn't say it would be forty percent, maybe twenty. Maybe. Okay. Maybe twenty percent, but I, you know, just because you, you know, just because you know, you can, you can uh, be critical that the guy didn't produce what twenty three million dollars suggested he should have, but uh, you see him down there running around with the two little girls and the kid and the whole thing. It's a little, you know, you're going to cheer, aren't you? I mean, what the hell? Uh, Rasputin could have been out there, and he would have cheered if he had a pair of little cute three-year-old twins, for God's sake. So, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, time time heals uh, a lot of a lot of criticism, and I, I, I wouldn't say it's that high, but there's still people out there who want to be mad at him and blame him for this these previous eight years, but I, I think he has very little responsibility for it. Pat, way. the most fascinating thing to me about Joe's career is the way the 2009 season is perceived. It's a, to me, it's a, it, I just looked this up on Baseball Reference uh, this weekend. There's only been, in the expansion era, so, so since the Twins came into the league in 1961, there's only been a handful of guys who've hit at least 360 with a 440 on base percentage and 25 or more home runs in a season. One of them was Barry Bonds in 2002 and four, and we know... What that was driven by. Uh, Two of them played at Coors Field in the 90s, Larry Walker and Todd Helton. The only other ones are Jeff Bagwell, Joe Maurer, Norm Cash, and Rico Carty. (laughs) Yeah, Norm Cash had the advantage of, uh, you know, he stood on top of the plate. He had the right field in Tiger Stadium and had a finite at, what, 360 one year, and it just came out of nowhere. And uh, But, yeah, it's one of the great... The offensive seasons ever, and for a catcher, you'd probably have to. There might be a bench year, right, where you you could 
production wise, you could maybe mention it. But as a as a catcher's season, it's maybe the greatest season a catcher's ever had, considering he missed a month. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't start till May second, right? Yeah. Second was at his first at bat. Yeah. So uh, it was it was it was something. He was he was fresh and strong that year and felt great and uh, wasn't uh, you know didn't really get worn down. Uh, you know what I've always said? I've always said Joe Montana's greatest season ever was the year he missed six games to start it <laughs> and was running around like he was a young. Uh, kid again, and I think I think Joe was too. I think Joe was uh, as fresh as could be that year because he missed a month. So. Yeah, I wish. I get, so all he did was rehab and get ready. I wish that season was viewed as the as the mantle season that it was, rather than the bar that he should have met five other times. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how people view well, it. Well, people, you know, and of course, only a complete idiot. Uh, was not jumping up and, and down with excitement when they signed him to the contract before they, they were going into a new ballpark off a guy coming one of the greatest seasons you're ever going to see. No, let's not sign him. Let's play hardball with yeah. him, man. A hometown kid. Let's not give him what we need. Uh, the, you know, we, let's be cheap. Let's let the cheap Polands be cheap in that situation and see what the reaction would have been. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, Pat, you guys are so talking Maurer. They, they got they got a real ball club in town tonight because they're starting to swing the bat. So uh, it'll, it'll, their pitching's going to have to hump it up here because uh, the Red Sox are scoring seven eight runs a game lately. So yep. So Royce Unchained coming up. You guys are talking Maurer and what else? Do you guys get into. Oh, Maurer, we talked a little U.S. Open. Uh, I told a uh, couple of uh, Judd wanted me to tell him a story about the Ricey brothers in full Minnesota. So we, when they uh, when they killed one of their brothers off to play a joke on a salesman and some stuff like that. So we had a, we had a, we told a couple of stories and talked a little ball. All right, cool. See you tomorrow, Pat. Okay, goodbye. thanks, Pat. All right, that's uh, wrapping with Ricey. And if you want to check out his. Video version of Royce Unchained. There is a two minute video of him and Judd just, I think, uh, sitting on our prep couches ranting about things and yelling at clouds. I think the modern newspaper column commenter is a Twitter troll now, right? Yeah. Are comment sections still a place that are heavily populated with terrible people? I think a lot of those comment sections have just been shut down. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. But, I had a boss who used to tell me, you should read the comments section. It gives you an idea of what uh, fans are thinking. No, like, no thank you. <laughs> no thanks, man. I mean, yeah. that's uh, <laughs> Twitter probably doesn't either, but we're all sort of immersed in it. So, All right. As find is our, OJ. Fi- <laughs> well, he's really killing it on social media. <laughs> I didn't listen to the man leading into the draft lottery, and I learned my lesson.